with you. I bring you greetings from Axis Middletown. It's nice to be able to come and share with you, but it's also nice to know that there is another group of Christians that are part of Axis that meet on the Middletown campus, which is where I normally am on uh, any given Sunday morning. But it is great to be here with all of you and to see what God's doing and to see the exciting things that are happening. Many of you know that on our Middletown campus, we have started a uh, new building addition that uh, we have broke ground, the foundation is beginning to work, the plumber's doing some things, some underground things that are taking place right now. We're adding a new worship area there, along with a couple of rooms for some of our young children in that new addition and that new part. And we'll turn our current building into a children's ministry area and some other things. And we just want to say thank you to you because you are very much a part of that. If you will remember, we had um, an It Matters campaign a couple of years ago to help raise some funds for this. And many of you, we appreciate you donating and contributing and being a part of that, as well as continuing to pray for what's happening in Middletown and the church that's there. And we just want you to know that some good things are going on, some great things are taking place, that the building's coming along, the ministry's expanding. We had, uh, as, as Dave mentioned a while ago, Fall Fest just a couple of weeks ago, as you did last weekend here. And we had probably 250 or more people there as a part of Fall Fest and just a great time. And, and I just want to say thank you for all that you do to help support the Axis ministry in Middletown and that community and the things that are happening there. We are starting, as David mentioned, a new series that will go through the month of November. It is a series about legacy. How do we leave a legacy behind Something that's bigger than we are, something that's greater than we are, so that when we leave this life, there is some mark that's left that said, we were here. And the best way, as we know, to leave a legacy is leave a legacy through people. Let people continue on to things that are important and the things that we have begun and the ministry that God has started through us. And so this whole month, we are going to talk about this subject of legacy. We're going to look at especially 1 Timothy chapter 6 this morning and then all through the month and some of the things that Paul encourages Timothy in that letter that he wrote just to encourage him and his legacy and what he's doing. And in this month, Josh, Stephen, and I are all going to share some different ideas and thoughts from that chapter that help lay this foundation for what we do as a church and what we do as individuals. This morning, I want us to talk about living with honor and as we live a life with honor we are able to leave that legacy many of you may be familiar with the name of tony campalo he is a, a, a christian a researcher and and psychologist and uh, also a, a preacher and speaker he did a survey several years ago and he interviewed couples or individuals who were over 90 years old so obviously these people had lived a good life. They had been on earth for quite a while. And he asked them, as you look back over your life, what do you wish you had done differently? And all the answers that came in, there were all kinds of variations, but really it came down to about three major answers when these 90-plus-year-old people were asked, what would you have done differently? Here are the three. The first one is they wish that they had risked more. The second is they wish they had spent more time in reflection. 
And the third thing they said was they wished that they had done more to leave a legacy, something that passed on to the next generation. Probably most of you have seen that uh, bumper sticker when you're driving down the road. It's usually on the back of some great big RV or some luxury car, and it says something like this, we're spending our children's inheritance. You know, we're going to spend it while we're here. And while there's nothing wrong with that, and that's okay, sometimes, even though that's a joke, it reflects an attitude that some people have, and the attitude is, it's all about me. It's not about those that come after me. It's not about what's taking place. It's not about what can I leave behind. It's all about me. Management and life planning guru but named Stephen Covey, who some of you probably have read many of his books, he wrote a book several years ago called First Things First. It's sort of a handbook for living a joyful life, a productive life. It is a self-help book that kind of helps you think through some things, and it's not a bad book to read, but there were some things in there that really just jumped out when I read it. But you know, he really summed the book up by the subtitle of the book, the title being, that little title, First Things First. The subtitle went like this. All of the important things in life begin with the letter L. To live, to love, to learn, and to leave a legacy. He said, really, if you get those things in the right place and in the right perspective, then you have the first things first. And so that's what we're going to focus on this month. How do we put the first things first? How do we have a legacy and set up and follow through on a legacy that lives much, much longer than we do? You know, I believe one of the things that God does in our lives when he comes into our life and we accept him is he changes our perspective on life. Most of us, most people, before they become Christians, their perspective on life is, it's all about me. As a matter of fact, if you were to write a motto for society today, the motto probably is, it's all about me. It's about what I want. It's about what I get. It's about my pleasure. It's about my life. And it seems like that motto permeates through society today. But God has a way to change our thought process. He has a way of changing us where all of a sudden the perspective is not all about me. The perspective is about those around me and the things that are around me. We begin to look outside of ourselves and say, what's really important? And maybe a better way to say it is, who is really important? See, if we don't leave a legacy, then what have we done in life? We've been here for a little while. We've done a few good things. We may have influenced a few people. But when our life is over, it's over. What we really want to do is set the stage and live a life of honor so that we are leaving a legacy. I told you we're going to look at this whole month in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I want us to start by reading the first few verses of that chapter and see how these point us toward this living a life of honor that leaves a legacy. Listen to what Paul writes to Timothy as he is encouraging him. He says, All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. 
Those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they are fellow believers. Instead, they should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. These are the things that you are to teach and to insist on. Paul is writing to Timothy, this young church leader. And he's writing some things that are just important for Timothy to get a handle on. And it's interesting that he brings up this idea of how to treat people, how to respect other people. Now he uses the master and the slave. But really, it is a matter of how do you treat people? How do you respect them? Because you see, our life is an investment, not just for us. It's an investment in the people around us. Our life influences the people around us. It's interesting, as oftentimes in the Bible, when the Bible is teaching us a lesson of some sort or another, it gives us examples of that very same level, or that very same lesson. In this instance, we find an example of what Paul is teaching here, actually in the little book of Philemon. Philemon chapter 1. And in that book, he gives us this example that really puts into practice what he's teaching Timothy. Listen to what he says, beginning in verse 1, verse 8, or chapter 1, verse 8. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. What's he talking about? He's talking about Onesimus, a slave, and his relation to the master. Paul is actually writing a letter to the master saying, listen, this guy who is a slave, now he may have done you wrong, he may not have done the things he should have done, but I want you to look at him again. I want you to think about him, and now he's, he's become useful to me. He's, he's following Christ, and I think he can become useful to you also. That very principle that he teaches in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he gives an example of in Philemon chapter 1. And the example is an example that says, look at the people around you. Look at who they are, and look at a life that can be changed. So this morning, what I want us to do is think about and think through these two areas of Scripture and how they apply to us. What does it mean for us to live a life of honor, live a life involved with other people so that we can leave a legacy? And so there are two or three things I want you to catch this morning. Now, if you want to write some of these down, I'll tell you what to write down. The rest of this you can kind of throw out, all right? But the good things, I'll tell you what to write down. So here's the first one. Share God's changing power with others. If we are going to leave a legacy, we need to share who God is. Listen to verse 10. It says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in in chains. Our most important legacy is not a legacy of dollars and cents. It's not a legacy of investment, even though there is nothing wrong with any of those things. Our most important legacy is the legacy that we leave through people it is what do we do through the people around us how have we prepared them how have we set the stage for what they can do into the long term years ago there was a program out called evangelism explosion 
And that program was a program that was designed to help teach people how to bring others to Christ. And many churches use this program called Evangelism Explosion. Where I was, we used one of these. And, and we took everybody, just people from the congregation, anyone, and said, here's a way that you can present the gospel to people around you. And it was a great program because people felt empowered and they felt like they had the tools to go and teach other people about Christ. I remember one instance where we were talking to a lady, an elderly lady who had never really been involved in church before. You know, she grew up, she wasn't in church, she lived all her life, she wasn't really in church, she didn't have a relationship with Christ. And through this particular program, which was just a tool to be used, she was influenced, she learned of the love and grace of Christ, she came to know Christ, she was baptized, she became a part of the church, and, and it was just exciting to see this lady who had never experienced any of this now become excited about her relationship with Christ, and she wanted her children to become Christians, and she wanted her whole family to be changed, and all of that, and it was just fun to see. But I remember when she passed away. When she passed away, somebody took, at that time we gave out, we still do some of this, baptismal certificates, or we called them spiritual birth certificates. And somebody got her spiritual birth certificate that we had given her when she was baptized, and they put it into the casket with her. Just to show the important thing in her life was the time when she accepted Christ. You see, sharing God's changing powers with others is one of the most important things that we can do. Now, some of us sit there and go, yeah, but I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. How in the world am I going to share it? I don't know all the right Bible verses to go to. I don't know the right stories to tell. You know, I'm supposed to walk them through all these steps, and I don't know those steps. Listen, don't worry about any of that. God has a way of making things work out no matter, even if you don't know how. He has a way of just taking us and using us. I can promise you there is somebody right now in your life that God is put upon you and put in your life that you can influence with the message of Christ. And you may be the only one who can. You may be the only one who can touch that life with the message of Christ in some way or another. Let me tell you an example of this. You may know these people. We have a couple in Middletown. <clears throat> Their name is Alex and Brittany Heberlin. Brittany is now our children's minister in Middletown and doing just a fabulous job. She gets together with Aaron and Lisa, and they work together on programmings both here and in Middletown, the things that are happening for kids. and I mean, she is just awesome. Her husband, Alex, has recently joined us as a part of the Axis family to help oversee the facilities. He oversees what's going on with the facilities in Mason. He is also overseeing what's going on with the facilities here in, in uh, or Middletown and here in Mason. Therefore, some of you may know him and have been introduced to him. What you probably don't know is some of their background. Alex and Brittany really did not grow up uh, very involved in church at all. Brittany actually grew up in a family that was somewhat Catholic. Alex didn't grow up with a whole lot of church connections. But we were going to do, at the, the Middletown campus, we were going to put a steeple on top of our building. We had a fellow who, our building's just a long building, if you've seen it, it's just a long building. We had a fellow who thought, we need a steeple on top of our building, came and said, do you mind if we raise funds 
and we'll buy this steeple and we'll put it on top of the building. I thought, that's a great idea. And so we raised the funds and we went and got the steeple, brought it back. And we were going to take a Sunday morning we are going to put the steeple on top of our building. I learned a long time ago, you don't do anything the first time on Sunday morning. You make sure you know what you're doing before you ever get there. So on Saturday, we got that steeple. We had this little crane thing, and we got the steeple, and it was up on the roof, and, and uh, you know, there were some of us there trying to get it. And my son Ryan said, because we were needing help, he said, I know a guy, he's a friend of mine, he lives down the street not very far. His name is Alex. He said, let me call him and see if Alex will come and help us, you know, put this steeple up. So he called him, Alex came, and uh, he got up on the roof with us, and Alex was there working and holding ropes and doing all he needs to on Saturday so we'd get this steeple where it needed to be and drill the holes and make sure it was safe and secure. Well, what we did is we took the steeple down and actually laid it out on the ground uh, so that Sunday morning, as a part of our service, we would go outside and have this little service, you know, we're going to put this new steeple on top and all that. But we told Alex that, Alex, you got to be here in the morning. You know how to put this up. You know what we did, and so we need you here in the morning. So come to church in the morning with us, and you can get up there and help us put the steeple up. So here they came, Sunday morning. Alex and Brittany, at that time they had two kids. Since then they've had two more, by the way. But at that time they had two kids. So here came their family, four of them, to church on Sunday morning. We got out there, and Alex was putting the steeple up and holding the ropes and all those kinds of things, and we got that steeple up there. Alex and Brittany haven't left since then. I tell you that story to tell you, we didn't sit down and say, okay, Alex and Brittany, here's the Bible, here's what you need to do, and here are all the steps you need to take. You know what we did? We involved them in the life and the ministry of what was happening in the church, and they got caught on, and they bought into it. They learned of the love and the grace of Christ, and now they are leaders in what we do in Middletown especially, but also here in Mason. That's exciting, but that's not even the end of the story. Let me tell you something else that's happening. Brittany's grandmother, who Brittany's grandmother grew up Catholic, and she was somewhat involved in church. But my mom, who is 83 years old, now don't tell you I told you how old my mom is, okay? She really wouldn't care anyway. But she started a study at her house. She just wanted to get together with ladies who were over 60. And so she said, we're going to meet every Thursday morning, 10 o'clock at my house. I'm going to get these ladies who are over 60 years old together, and we're just going to get together and have a good time. The first time they got there, the ladies came and said, we're here for the Bible study. And Mom thought, well, that's not really what I had in mind. Okay, we can do that. Brittany's grandmother started coming to the Bible study. She has not left. She is there every Thursday. And she is so excited. She said, I've never heard this stuff. I've never learned this stuff. I did not know any of this. You know how all that came about? It came about because we were putting a steeple on church. My son Ryan said, I've got a friend. His name is Alex. Let's call Alex and see if we can ha he can help us put this steeple on the church. You see, sharing God's changing power is the way to leave a legacy. You talk about you talk about a legacy that will go on for a long time. Alex and Brittany, their kids will be a legacy that will go on for a long time. I should have brought and shown you all a video, video of their youngest kid walking around, waving his arms like he was preaching. It is the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. There's a legacy. Listen, all of us have somebody in our life that we can just pick up the phone and say, 
hey, come on. Be a part of what's happening. Be a part of the ministry. Be a part of the church. We're having Fall Fest. Come be a part of Fall Fest. We want you to be there. We care about you. We love you. As a kid growing up, I would oftentimes go out with my dad and visiting people. Most of you know that my dad was a preacher, is a pastor, and, and so we, we, Steve and Jonathan, Sherry, and I all grew up in that. But we would go out and visit people. And oftentimes, obviously, he would talk to them about their relationship with Christ. I want to tell you what. Dad did not do that because it was his job. He did not do that because he was a preacher. He did that because he cared about people. But you know where he learned it? He learned it from his dad. My grandfather, who was as hard of hearing as anybody could ever be, would stand at the front of the church building, and he would greet people on their way in on Sunday morning, and he would tell them, he says, I can't hear anything you say, but I'm glad you're here today. His people that he associated with, my grandfather was an egg man. He sold eggs in Cincinnati. That's part of how he made his living as well as being a farmer. And he would go into those homes and he would oftentimes say to those people, now, are you going to church? And sometimes they'd get red-faced and say no. He'd go, you need to go to church. All through his life, that's what he did. Where did my dad learn it? From my grandfather. Where did we learn it? From my dad and my grandfather. And hopefully our kids are learning the same thing. Leave a legacy. Share God's changing power with people. There's a second thing that we pick up and learn in this story that Paul's telling us. And that is believe that God can and does change lives. Look at verse 11. It says, formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. We have to believe that God can and does change lives. How often when somebody becomes a Christian... Do we think in the back of our mind, and we may not say this out loud, but we think in the back of our mind, boy, if this one holds, it'll be a miracle. Have you ever thought that? You see, God is in the business of changing people, of influencing the lives of people. And we oftentimes are the vehicles and the vessels that he used. There's a story about a guy who was teaching math. And he described what a difference it made in his professional life when he underwent just some subtle transformations in how he taught math. He said, as he put it, he stopped teaching math and he started teaching children. Let me read you a little of what he wrote. He said, I had a great feeling of relief when I began to understand that a youngster needs more than just subject matter. I know mathematics and I teach it well. I used to think that was all I needed to do. Now I teach children not math. I accept the fact that I can only succeed partially with some of them. And when I don't have to know all the answers, I seem to have more answers than when I tried to be the expert. The, younger, the, uh, the youngster who really made an influence on me and helped me to understand was named Eddie. I asked him one day why he thought he was doing much better in math than last year. And he gave meaning to my whole new orientation. He said, it's because I like myself now when I'm with you. Paul understood what that meant. He understood what it meant that God could change people. And sometimes it's how we look at people and how we approach people that changes who they are. 
And Paul especially knew it. Remember Paul was that fellow in the Bible named Saul? Saul was that guy with this zealot Jew. I mean, he was the Jew among Jews. He was so jealous for Judaism that when the Christianity thing came along, he didn't like it. So he went and arrested Christians. He even had them killed. He did everything that he could to destroy Christianity. But God got hold of him and changed him. Not just his life changed, his name to Paul. And he became the Apostle Paul, who became a great influence in the church in the first century and still a great influence today because Paul has written many of the books of the Bible that we read and we study and we learn from. God is in the business of changing people. Sometimes when we don't think he can, I can tell you, he can. And sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's not as easy as we would like for it to be. There are times when changing people and being involved in the lives of people is just tough. It's not as clean as we want. It's not as clean cut as we want. Years ago, there was a book that was written, and actually a movie then came out, called Run, Baby, Run. It was written by David Wilkerson. And it was written about a young man named Nicky Cruz. Nicky Cruz was the leader of probably the toughest uh, gang in all of New York. They were called the Mau Mau's. Nicky Cruz was the top guy in this gang. And he became the top gang, guy in the gang because he was the roughest. He had killed the most people. He had stolen the most stuff. He was the worst of all. And therefore, he became the leader of the gang. David Wilkerson became acquainted with Nicky Cruz and began to talk to him about his relationship with Christ. And of course, Nicky didn't have anything and did not want anything to do with it. As a matter of fact, when David Wilkerson came around, Nicky eventually would just run and go someplace else. But finally, through this process, Nicky Cruz learned the message of Christ and was changed forever. No longer was he the leader of the gang. As a matter of fact, he turned his whole life into ministering to people just like him as a young man. He turned his whole life into ministering to gang members who were doing the same things, who were killing people, who were stealing, who were the lowest, the worst of the worst. God does and can change people. If we want to leave a legacy, we need to remember that no matter what, the people around us, God can influence, he can change them, he can bring them up. Then there's a third thing I want you to write down, that's this. Take a chance on others. Sometimes we just have to take a chance on other people. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 2 says, Instead, they should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of the slaves. Sometimes we just have to take a chance. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying, Okay, God, I don't know where this is going to turn out, but I'll take a chance on this one. In the word of the British playwright George Bernard Shaw, he said, This is the true joy in life, being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world is not devoted it's enough to make you happy. In other words, guess what, folks? It's not all about me. And it's not all about you. And sometimes we have to take a chance with other people. Sometimes we have to, to leave a legacy, be willing to put yourself on the line for somebody else. 
You know, that's exactly what Paul's doing here. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, which is really a part of the same story, Paul writes about a fellow. He says this, Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Demas was also written about in the book of Philemon. And Demas was a fellow who had become a Christian. He had come to Christ. looked like things were going great. But he turned away from it. And as Paul says, he went back to the world. I mean, this is a guy who was spending time with the Apostle Paul. This was a guy who had every opportunity to do everything he could and to do it the best that he possibly could. But Paul says, this guy turned away. Let me tell you, not every story is going to be a success story. Not every story is going to turn out exactly the way we want it to. But we still have to take a chance. Even Jesus suffered that. Jesus had 12 apostles that traveled with him. One of them was named Judas. What is Judas best known for? Betraying Christ. Even Jesus himself had someone that he took a chance on. But they turned away. You know that it is actually a proven fact that it is healthier to live a life of honor that leaves a legacy than to just go through life and not take any chances. There was a group of psychologists who reported a couple of years back on the results of a research project that they conducted. The research tracked 423 retired couples over the course of five years. And they learned some interesting things. One of them was that couples who interact with other people live longer lives and more productive lives and better lives. Well, we all know that. There's a social part of life that we like, and there's a social part of life that's good for all of us. And so we get that part of it. Here's what really surprised them in the research. They also found that couples who not only socialized with others, but especially gave to others, who poured their lives into other people, actually had better lives, more fulfilling lives, and lived longer lives than those who did not give to others. In other words, there is something about interacting with people, giving to people, pouring into the lives of people, taking a chance on people, that is good for us, but it's so much more than that. It is so much more than just good for us. It's good for everyone. And that's the reason sometimes we just have to stop and say, okay, I'm willing. I'll take a risk. I'll take a risk on someone else. The bottom line to this whole thing is this, that if we are going to live a life of honor that leaves a legacy God has given us responsibility to tell others about the love, the grace, the forgiveness, and the message of Jesus Christ. And my question for all of us is this. When's the last time that you had the chance, the opportunity, or took the chance or the opportunity to tell somebody about Christ? Again, it doesn't have to be to sit down with the Bible and say, here are the steps, here's what you need to do, or bang them over the head with the Bible. Sometimes it's just a matter of pouring your life into their life that influences them for all eternity. We want to honor God by leaving that legacy. I want to close with a story. A story told by Stephen Covey in that same book that I told you about before called First Things First. 
It's a true story about an Englishman who in his early years had lived sort of this ragtag kind of life. It was poor life. He had to work hard for everything that he had. He was a poor kid growing up in the streets of London. He finally learned how to write, and he he began to write some some stories. That led to him writing some books, some books that actually were fairly popular, some books that sold fairly well, and he began to have income and money and live pretty well, and things were going pretty good for him. But at one particular time in his life, he found him going up against maybe call it writer's block. It was one of those things where it just wasn't coming anymore. And his publisher was pushing him about the next book that he needed to write and the next things that needed to happen and publish and, and pushing him going, you know, we've got, we're on this roll, we don't want to stop this, but you need to get me a book and a manuscript. And it just wasn't there. As a matter of fact, he got to the place where he thought that his children were going to end up the way that he was when he was young and they were going to end up poor and paupers and living off the street just like he did. But the author began walking around the streets of London, and there he began to notice some things. In particular, he noticed the urban squalor and the poor houses and the children working long hours in the factories and the street vendors and the chimney sweeps, people who were just like him when he was growing up, that seemingly had nothing and their life was lost and there was nothing there. And his thoughts turned to human greed and, and the greed that sometimes people just live in. He goes, wait a minute. This isn't the way it should be. This self-centered life is not how it should be. And at long last, a story began to emerge. And he began to sit down and write. And when words finally found their way onto paper, the latest novel of Charles Dickens proved to be not one of his longest, but probably his best known ever. He titled this book A Christmas Carol. It was a story about an old fellow who is a miser named Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge. And how Ebenezer Scrooge discovered that it wasn't, before it was too late for him, that life wasn't just about money, life wasn't just about riches, life wasn't just about him, life was about leaving a legacy. And God is calling all of us to leave that kind of legacy. The legacy that says, it's not about me. It's about the people around me and how I can influence them and how I can touch their lives and especially change those lives for eternity. Who do you have in your life today that God's putting there saying, here's the person that you can touch to help leave a legacy well beyond your time? Pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunities we have to leave a legacy, the opportunities that you have given us to touch and to influence the lives of people. There is someone in all of our lives that you have put there right now, someone whom we can, in some way or another, touch with your love, your grace, and your forgiveness. And let them be people who are changed forever. So I pray that you open our eyes and help us be willing to step through that door to build a legacy. In Christ's name I pray, amen.